So tonight is a privilege to be here once again, um, a true pastor representing him and representing God. Um, it's always a privilege and honor. Um, comes with a lot of um, 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 gratitude as well. So tonight we're talking about godly progress. So we're talking about godly progress. Um, in, in the part two of light that pastor was teaching, towards the end of the, um, of, of, the, of the sermon, he listed about 12, and he said that they were not exhaustive, but he listed about 12 areas of life where we should try to fight for, you know, to make things better in our life this year. Does anybody remember that? Yes, okay, so, um, and, and so the only way you would know that you're actually um, doing something about anything is by measuring it. It's when you measure you measure the progress. You measure anything. That's the only way you know. Anything that you don't measure, you can't develop. So you will know if you are stationary or if you are backward or if you are moving forward. In fact, um, you know, it's very extremely debatable, but most things in life, and I mean that, most things in life never remain stagnant. It's either it's moving forward or it's going backward. Most things in life never remain stagnant. So, Pastor mentioned several areas of life and said that, you know, this area I should fight for and, and, and make progress in it. Now, you, you, can, you, you can make progress, but are those progress or the, 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 the way we are moving, you know, are they really, are they in the God's way? You know, that's the way we're going to look at it tonight. And um, no best place to start than you know, the first set of people that live under the surface of the earth because God had a plan for them, had a plan for humans, and in his plan, he had an end in mind for them as well. And they were supposed to live in that godly plan. They were supposed to make progress in that plan. And so we need to go, so we will start with, you know, looking at, the best way to look at anything is the Bible. And in this case, we're looking at the progress of our life. And the best people to look at is the first People that God created, you know, how did they make progress from, you know, from creation when they were created? So, we'll read our text before we go into the, into the question. Um, the question we're going to discuss is going to take us a while because I wrestled with it for 24 hours. I mean, and, and I, I, I pointed to a direction, but I want to show that, you know, they say in the multitude of counsel, right? So, we're all going to discuss. So, it's going to be very, very interactive. If you are not helping me, I'll be calling names. I have a lot of people, and I know them by, I know most people by, I know a lot of people by name, so praise the Lord. Now, um, we all understood what Pastor said, right? the 12 areas, right? Do you remember it? Okay, so we don't need to go through it. So let's read our text. Let's go to Genesis 4, 1 to 26. I'm going to read with um, um, PG-18 in mind. Now, Adam had relations with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of his firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain 
and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. So one day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? And I don't know, Cain responded, am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you walk. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You have made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, No, for I will give you a sevenfold punishment. I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod east of Eden. Cain had relations with his wife and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain founded a city which he named Enoch after his son. Enoch had a son named Erak. Erak became the father of Mejoel. Mejoel became the, fa- the f- keep going, the father of Methuselah. Methuselah became the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada and the second was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabbar, who was the first of those who raised livestock and lived in tents. His brother's name was Jubal, the first of all who played the harp and flute. Lamech's other wives gave birth to a son's name, Tubal Cain. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain had a sister named Nama. One day, Lamech said to his wife, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice. Listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. If someone kills Cain, is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished 77 times. Adam had relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son, and she named him Seth. For she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel. Who Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son named him Enosh. And at that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word in the name of Jesus. So, our first question says, what does the word progress mean to you? Can you describe an area where you have where you can say you have made continuous progress or you have struggled a little bit. Um, I want people to help us 
because this is, the, this is going to lead to a question I said, I wrestled with for the past 24 hours, and we're going to have to provide an answer to it. And, you know, this is January. There's been a lot of resolutions. I shall do this. I will not eat sugar again. I will not take salt again. You know, you, I mean, this is our resolution. So that could be what you want to talk about. How have you made that progress in that area? Or is there anything that you have, you have, um, you have tried to make progress on? You know, it might be this year, it might be several years back, and you have struggled with it. Anybody? Before I start calling names. Yeah, please give, give, give a mic. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One area in my life that I would say I've really made progress is the area of uh, study. Late last year, I, there's something I read in my Bible, and since then I just made a decision that I have to be reading the Word of God every day. And praise God, from late last year to this very day, I've not, never missed a day without reading the Word of God. Hallelujah. Yes, please keep your mic. Good evening. Good evening. To me, the word progress, progress means improvement. Improvement. And I can say I've made progress in my communication with people. Amen. Hallelujah. Please, let's go for Elizabeth. Wonderful. Anybody else that wants to go? One more, and then we'll go to the next question. Anybody else? Choir is quiet tonight. That's, that's, uh... Okay, go ahead. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, I would say I've made progress in this area of my life. You know, there's a, this bad habit of mine that I do, I, I do some years back, but I say this year, 2020, I'm going to stop them, but by, by the grace of God, I've been making promise as in a progress on it so far, and I thank God, I praise him for that. Hallelujah. Let's go a round of applause. So, that's, that's, that's the reality of our lives. So, and you can see all, all everyone that had spoken, they, 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 they measured it. They have a way of measuring. My sister said that, you know, day in, day out, she has continued to read the word of God. So, if you don't measure it, you cannot determine if you have made progress or not. And as we said earlier, anything, most things don't remain stagnant. Is that they are down, going downward or they are, they, are, they are getting better. Now, I'm going to ask a question, which is the question that we're going to have to solve before we progress. Because once we understand this, it's going to help us through all our studies. So the next question I'm going to ask is, based on what you know as a person and the history that you have read, what you know, how long you have lived, and the history that you have read, because we're, we're different ages, our, our, our reading are different, our exposures are different. Do you think the world as a whole, the world as in the, the world that we live in, has the world made progress or not? Based on the history that you know and based on what you have seen from when you are growing up, would you say that the world has made progress? Anybody? I need help. It's not a trick question. Anybody? Okay. Please give, give it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I think it's, it depends on what area you're looking at. Okay. 
Yes, in some areas, the progress is really evident. For example, in medical science, while um, in the days past, I mean, we watched how the medical processes were very long, but these days, they've come up with machines that have helped. Um, astronomy, for example, it used to take them so long to be able to examine the stars and learn, but today, man can travel you know, into space. So I think they've made progress. With the internet, there has been a lot of progress. But there are some other areas where... Okay. <laughs> Let's give God a round of applause. So she said that... Yes. But before, before, give her a mic, please. But before, before we continue. She said that... I mean, you heard her that in some areas, the world has made progress. But in some areas, she doesn't think the world has made progress. Fantastic. Please go ahead. Praise God. Hallelujah. Like... In my own side, the same thing because we cannot say we have made all the progress. But like now, in olden days, there is no Christianity. But now, there is a lot of Christianity in the world. So in that Christianity life, there is progress. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. She said that, especially in our own part of the world, because before the before the, um, the, the Westerner came, you know, the, the, the our grand, our great-grandparents were worshipping idols, most of them and all that. I'm sure there'd be a few of them that knew God. So what she's saying that has been progress in that area. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, about three weeks ago, for those of you that watch TV or you listen to the news, three, three, about three and a half, three, 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 three and a half weeks ago, the most powerful nation in the world, um, which is United States military, the most powerful army in the world, sat 5,000 meters, miles away, sent an unmanned plane, and went to kill somebody 5,000 miles away. The plane was not manned. There was somebody controlling it. The person was 5,000 miles away. The plane left from a place that was about three or 400 miles to the place where they went to kill the individual. You all know the story. What happened in Iraq, I mean, in Iraq where an, an Iranian general was killed. That is how far science and the world has come. Now, Reverse backward, 160 years ago, and I'm saying that just 160 years ago, 1840, 160 years ago, at that time, there was no means of communication between two cities. The way two cities communicate, even in the Western world, is by smokes. They will, raise the, they will be burning something, sending smoke signal to the next city. That was the means of communication. Here we are, 160 years later, Somebody sat somewhere, sent a machine to go do something somewhere. So you can see a tremendous progress. So now the question, the second question, which is what I've wrestled with a lot over 24 hours, which is what I want us to resolve. Would you say, while human race and the world has made progress, has the world and human made godly progress? Anybody? Can we say that we as human or as, 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 I mean, the world has made godly progress. Will anybody say that? Is it true or is not? Go ahead. Ma. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, looking at the events around and things have been happening, I would say No. Why? Because those days, when you talk of Christianity, evangelism, you see miracles happening. These days, it doesn't. But when you go a kilometer, you can see 10, 20 churches. 
but we are not changed. That's a problem. So, I mean, the moral decadence is, I don't know how to, I mean, the, the word to use. There's, I don't, I don't think there's progress. Let's give God a round of applause. Thank you, man. I like your contribution. You all heard her. Anybody else? Yes. Sister Debbie wants to talk. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think there's been a lot of godly progress on okay. contrary. Okay. I think, yes, while there's a lot of noise about the moral decadence, but there is a lot of godliness spreading even faster than it did in the days past. Okay. So from one room today, people can broadcast God to nations all over the world in one second. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So science has helped us to be able to broadcast Christianity all over the world. But I'm still asking the question. That is an action that we're able to do today. But while that action is available, but people and the people of the world, as we, if you put all of us together, both Christians and non-Christians, the Christians, the Christendom has made progress. There's no doubt about that in terms of preaching. And I mean, as, as you said, some, some people are watching us now in other part of the world. But when you put the people, the human race together, would you say as a set of people we have made um, um, godly progress? That's, yes, sir. I think it's, it's easy for us to look around and be discouraged by what we see. But something is happening this week that I found very interesting. Um, the wealthiest people on earth, materially that is, business leaders, political leaders, are meeting in a place called Davos in the last few days. And they are talking about something they have never talked about in the last 50 years, which is how do you deal with the problem of inequality in society, narrowing the gap between the rich and the poor. How do businesses begin to start thinking about not just making profits, but how to impact society? That hasn't happened in 50 years. So in the midst of a lot of the negatives, sometimes you can see some shifts that, that are very positive and are Really, really epoch-making. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. So, you, you just pointed towards my notes. Up until recent time, the world has not made so much. They've not pointed to God. What he just said, what is happening is that the human race is beginning to point to the value of God now. The people that matters in the world, they begin to point to the values of what, and that's what is happening in the United States. You like Trump or you don't like him, you know. You can say what you like about him, but he's pointing the greatest country in America to in the world towards God. So the human race is beginning to make progress in a godly way. Hopefully, it can continue. Why did I say that? But before now, we, the human race has progressed tremendously in a, in, in a godly way. Why did I say that? Several years ago, there's a book I was going through, and the guy was, came from India. He went to Holland, and he said that one of the things that shocked him 60 years ago, 60, 40, 50 years ago, was that when you want to buy milk, you walk along, as you go to the farm, on the roadside, they will put the milk down, they will put the jug down, and they will put a, they will put a set of stones beside the jug to say, this is how much you pay for each of them. So you pour the jug size that you want, you put the money under the stone and you walk away. 
Fast forward less than 100 years, there's CCTV everywhere. Because not only people will not do that, they will steal what belongs to other people. That's how much the world retrogressed. That's how much the world deviated from, 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 from God's direction. So, in the last few years, irrespective of what we can say, when, when the most powerful nation in the world is trying to point people into God's direction, fighting against homosexuality and all that, because those are the, all the things that progress the human race. It's in the Bible. It's against the word of God. Those were the things that we as a people were begin to, were begin to, to celebrate. It wasn't a big deal anymore. When you see two, when, when, when two people say they are husband and wife and they are both men, no big deal anymore. That's retrogression. But now, at least there's a nation that is standing forward saying, no, we can't do that. That's, that's, that's where we're going. So, going forward to our study, what hindered man's progression from God's plan after creation? Based on what we read, if you look at what we read, that doesn't really, I mean, it, it didn't really say it. But let's read Genesis 1, 27 to 23. Genesis 1, 27 to 23. CMM, can you bring it up? I have to go to my notes. Genesis 1, 27, 23. Anyway, that's where the, where the Bible says the Lord created humans. Male and female, he created them. So God created humans being in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful. Keep going. And multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the best in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you seed bearing plants throughout the earth and all the fruits, trees for your food. I have given you everything you plant as food for all the wild animals, the best in the sky, and the small animals. Keep going, that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all they had made and he saw that it was very good and evening passed and money came. So, go back to the beginning, that 27. I want us to see what God did for human and what his plans were at the time and what he did. Can you go back to 27? He created them. Then God did what? He blessed them and said what? Be fruitful. So, God blessed them first. He brought peace to them. The second thing he said what? Be fruitful. What, what's he doing? It's multiplying them. Multiplication is what? Prosperity. So God created man and gave him peace, prosperity, and tell him to multiply, to make progress. So the design of God for us as a people right from the beginning was for us to be peaceful, to make progress, and to multiply. If you can fill in the gap, please bring up the fill in the gap. That's, that's the God plan at the beginning. So God created us to have, to have peace, progress, and, 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 um, and, um, and prosperity. We're made, we're made to, to, to prosper. That's the situation that you have in the Garden of Eden. You're supposed to eat, just fellowship with God, just walk around, just, I mean, just do, do the things that you're supposed That's what God wanted. That's the plan. For, that's, that's God's plan. That's how God wants us to be and to make progress. But what happened in inception? How, this is a question that one or two can help us to answer. What made, what, what deterred the progress of man right from inception? How did our progress, I mean, how did it get deterred? Anybody? Anybody? 
It's a question. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, I said, right from the beginning, from the Garden of Eden, sin, disobedience to God. So be, thank you, ma'am. Disobedience to God, sin, right from the beginning. So, the three things we're going to look at is in the Bible, the three enemies of progress for man from inception. And it's still, it's still available, it's still happening today. There are major three, there are three major ones. And the first one is devil himself, the temptation in the Garden of Eden, which is what our sister mentioned about. Let's read um, Genesis 3, 15 to 18. The enemy came and sowed a seed in the heart of the woman. And that's how the world, that's how the first sin came into the world. Because of our time, I mean, we don't have to read it. We know, we know the story. That is how the devil came to, to, to derail the progress of man. In fact, the peace of man was derailed. The progress of man was derailed. If you, if you look at that, we're going to read that verse. Because let's, let's bring it up, 15 to 18. Let's go to about 16 or 17. Okay, 15. I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and our offspring. He was talking to the, he was talking to the, to the, uh, to, the, to Satan and serpent. So the peace of man was taken away. Hostility began. The, this is where the peace of man was taken away. That's how human race lost peace. Keep. Go- he will strike your head, and you will strike his head. Then he said to the woman, "Go ahead. I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in the pain you will give birth, and you will deserve to control your husband, but he will rule over you." Hostility even between husband and wife. One person wants to take control, the other person wants to gain control. This is how the human race, this is the first thing that happened where human got, the progress of men or human race got derailed. This is how it got derailed. So what we're looking at, we're going to look at those three and then we're going to see how do we make godly progress as individuals in our life. So that those 12 areas that Pastor mentioned and beyond, we can make progress in them. The second thing we're going to look at. So, so as I said here, the peace of man was taken away. Even the prosperity of man was taken away. Because the freebies of you just eating, being in control, taking all the animals at will and all that, was taken away. Now you have to begin to walk. So the progress, the, the peaceful prosperity progress of man was taken away at this point. But God had a plan. And, that was, and, and we're going to get to that. The second thing we're going to see is, is, is flesh. which is Sin as well. Go to Genesis 4, 4 to 10. Here, the, we read it before. Abel brought a gift and the best portion of the, the Lord. So go to verse um, 6. And God, God came. God said, why are you so angry? The Lord asked him. Why did you look so dejected? You will be accepted. So, so I mean, this is where the sin cropped in. Which is the second thing. The devil came with sin. But even the man himself now begins to be jealous, to be envious. And sin, sin came in. And the first murder was committed. That's where the first murder was committed. To, today, devils prowl around, I'm exploring around. The sin is still available going around as well. So we need to look at these things and attack them so that when we make our progress, it will be, to, it will be godly progress. It will bring glory to God. But not to our own, our own self. So that's the second thing. The, se- the, the thought, So here we are. You know, when you talk about this, this, this flesh thing, because this is human. I mean, it's in all of us to be to want things. Abel was. I mean, Cain was was jealous. We're fasting now, right? You will go to a meeting. 
by next week, next week, next week Friday, I'm going to, I mean, my team, we're going to be having, um, in the office, we're going to be having, um, um, beginning of the year, we're going to have a team building, looking at what we did last year, how did it go, and what challenge the corporation has given us this year. I bet you that in those meetings, the best of food you can imagine in the world will be present. Absolutely. But guess what? That's where, because in your mind, except you are no human. I mean, last, when we were fasting, the last fast that we did, the God used again, we, uh, you know, we had issues in the office and we were working a lot and we had meeting conference set up and all that. We were working through the night. And, you know, in our, in, in, in our personal hotel, which belongs to the company, there's a particular set menu that was ordered. It's called Jumbo Shrimps. Those shrimps were like the size of, I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding. There's a friend of mine in church who had a big part of it because I took mine home. I was taking it home, you know, pending after the, after the, after the gold youth again. But, <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what, when we sat on the same table, there'll be like 12 of us on the same table and four or five of them will be taking that jumbo shrimp. I mean, I was, I was, I was telling God, I said, you have to reward my diligence. So, so we're human, but when it comes, you just have to stay put because the glory ahead is better than the temporary satisfaction of eating that food. So we're fasting now. The flesh is going to come. You're going to see food. You're going to, you're going to be offered bribe. It's going to come. It's our society. But when you turn away, God will reward you later in the name of Jesus. So, so that's the second thing. It's, it's called flesh. We're human. They will say, but you know, be wood. Yes. But in Christ Jesus, we can do all things. I can tell you that during that period, during that God we do the game period, I coasted through. I did not taste that, what's it called, the jumbo shrimp. But the day we broke the fast, when I got home, I had three. You know, because I kept it in the freezer. So that's what pastors talk about, delay gratification. So one of the ways you fight against the flesh is you delay your gratification. So guess what? If I had eaten it during the WIA, would it have made any difference? Yes, because I would have lost the opportunity of being part of the, of the blessing. So I'm telling you today, the flesh will come, but you will overcome in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So the, the, the third thing we're going to look at is the world around us. It's so unfortunate that we live in a terrible world, in, in an extreme terrible world. The, the pastor says it all the time. The world is broken. The world brings sins to your doorstep every day. Every day. Every time. At all times. If you work in an office, people want to take things that don't belong to them. If you are in a group, people... In fact, the, the bad things are the norm nowadays. So the world around us is evil. But we have Christ. We have to be the light of the world. This is the year of light. We're going to read um, Genesis 4, 16 to 24. We read it before, and we're going to talk about a few things. So, after Cain did all that, and, and God cursed him, he, he left God's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain had relationship with his wife. Keep going. I want to go to the place where, keep going, um, where he talked about Lamech. Keep going. Okay, Lamech. Okay, keep going, keep going. Because of our time. So, uh, one day I make, okay, go back to two, two, um, two verses. Two, two verses. 17. Let's start from 17. 
So Cain left his presence. Okay, Cain had a relation with his wife and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Then, go ahead. I'm trying to get to surrounded the city. She named it Enoch and entered his son. Enoch had a son named Erad. Erad became the father of Mejuel. Mejuel became the father of Methuselah. Methuselah became the father of Lamech. Keep going. The father of Lamech. Lamech married two women. This is the first time polygamy came into the world. It's not God's design to have polygamy. God permitted it, but this is the first time. In fact, this is the first time that, I mean, this is the first polygamy. Because when God created man and woman, he made one. If he wanted it, he would have created two or three. Is that correct? But this is the first time. Now, it became a norm beyond this point. So, the world that Lamech was living in, I mean, became the world that we are living in today. If you keep going, in fact, he went ahead and began to boast that he killed somebody and nobody can kill him. So sin permitted the world at that time. That's the third, that's the, that's the third, reason, the third reason why the human race, you know, I mean, the progress, I mean, the, the progress of men were, were, were altered. He began to boast, said, look, he called his two wives. I've killed somebody and nobody can do anything about it. The same thing that happens today. People go around and begin to make noise and begin to do, to be boastful of things that were not of, things that, I mean, is, is, I mean, that are absolutely irresponsible. But we, as children of God, we will bring light into the world in the name of Jesus. So, if you look at all, all those, while Lamech and his, and his set and his family, in fact, if you look at it, they prospered. One became a musician. One began to, to, to be a goldsmith. And the Bible was saying that they were the first. So if you look at it, they were making progress. They were doing the, all, all, the, all the things. It looked as if they, they were successful. In fact, God told Lamech, that, he told Cain that he would be wandering all over the place. They didn't wonder. They built the city. So if you look at it in human in that form, what will it be like? It will be like, oh, they were making progress. But they were not making God the progress. Because the aim of God that points to the Lord Jesus Christ did not come through that lineage. Seth came and he had Enos. And the lineage of Enos and Seth was what point to God's glory in Jesus Christ. While Lamech and Cain's life seems to be progressing, it did not glorify God and it did not point to God's glory. So when we do anything that we think, when people are making progress and it does not point to God's glory, it is not godly progress. Politicians can be very rich. They can make a lot of money. They can lie. They can do all that. You can ride your Okada. You can ride your bicycle. But once your life points to God and it glorifies God, you are making godly progress. And that is what we want to be. So, that's, so, so we should not see... Unfortunately, you know, money, is the, money is almost everything right now. You know? Once we have money, it seems nothing matters. But that's not it. First family. Lamech's family prospered. They had, I mean, look, if you look at, if you read the entire, entire, entire chapter, but the king of kings did not come through Cain and, and, and Lamech. It came through Seth and Enos. That is God's glory. That's the direction that we, we our lives, our progress, need to point towards the glory of God. That's where we need to be. Praise the Lord. So quickly, our time is far spent. So progress without God is elusive. Real progress must align with God's plan. You can fill in the gap for them, please. As in, if, if you are making a progress and it's, it's, not, it's not of God, it's an elusive, it's temporary, it's going to go away, just as our people are nowadays. 
So, what are the precursor, precursor for God for God uh, progress? What are the things that we need to have or where we need to be for us to make godly progress? You know, God. I mean, when I was dancing and jumping, it's because I, I, I've, when I was doing this study, I've seen some things in the last 24 hours, 48 hours, and I, I couldn't just thank God enough that God said this year is a year of light. I will encourage you, take your Bible and just study anything about light. And you will, you, I mean, you will thank God for saying this is the year of light. Now, if you, if you, the best way to learn about prerequisites for progress is from Almighty God and is from the Bible. So, I will take us back to, to the, what we, we have read it over and over again. Genesis chapter 1. It's something that we have read over and over again. Verses 1 to 2. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? So, God created the heaven and the earth. But guess what? Before God made any other progress, what happened? He created light. So, for us to have any progress in any area of our lives, there has to be godly light. So, the first thing is light. Even God himself had put light before he began to create, before he began to progress everything else. So, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, in every area of our life that we want our life to progress, there has to be light. And it has to be godly light. And God will provide that light in the name of Jesus. If you, look, if you go through the Bible, Luke 3, 21 to 23, we've, we've read it over and over. We don't have to read it. When Jesus Christ was baptized, the Bible says the voice came from heaven and Holy Spirit came like what? Like a dove. And it was what? It was afterwards that Jesus Christ began what? Began his ministry. So even for Christ, even for the Christ in Jesus to manifest, because Jesus was born, Jesus is his name as human, but Christ is the spirit in Jesus. Even for that Christ to manifest and for progress to begin, light came from heaven. So light will come over our life in the name of Jesus. So for us to make godly progress, there has to be light. One more person that we're going to look at, we're not going to read it because our time is fast going, is the story of Cornelius. Cornelius was everything, but he didn't have the Holy Spirit. So God had to speak to him and spoke to Peter as well. And, you know, connected them together so that it's like, you can, when you go home, you can read it. It's Acts uh, Act chapter 10. It's a long chapter. So that light of the Holy Spirit has come to his life for him to get to the next level. Because the Bible says that God, God, God saw his, his, his progress in terms of giving to the poor, a godly man, and all that. But he was still constrained. For him to make that next level of progress, he needed the light of the Holy Spirit. And that's why God connected him to, to, to Pira. So what do we first think that we need to make godly progress? Is what? Light. And God will give us light in the name of Jesus. Illumination is a precursor to progress. I want to share a story. I said it earlier on, quickly. We're going to rush through the rest of the thing. In 1840, as of 1840, 160 years ago, communication between two nations was by smoke. There was, I mean, people could not communicate. They could not send email. Now, you can stay here and send email to anybody in the world and all that. It was, they couldn't even, there was no telephone. 
as, as, as late as early as 1840. 1840 to 2020 is 160, 180 years. So less than 200 years ago. Guess what? The first person that he, invent, he invented, he invented telegraph. And what they did was they would, they would call, it was an a, 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 um, electronic signal. They couldn't type, and you see, now if you type yes, the other guy will see it. So they had to put a code, so dotted code. So three dots means S. Two dots means O. The SOS that you see, S, ISOS, now it's International Service Soul. SOS means nothing. SOS comes from this guy. And what it means is that if three dots is S, two dots is O, three dots is S. So that's how the, the guy was, this guy I'm talking about, you can go and Google it. It's a public information. His name is Samuel Moss. He was the first one that, that, that invented telegraph, which is the means of, means of communication from one city to the other. And guess what he said? I want to, I'm going to bring it up. Please, CMM, bring up my, that slide, one single slide. Guess this is what this guy said. Samuel Moss. Samuel Moss was the pioneer in human progress. Because as I said, we couldn't do anything. See what he said. One day, a friend said to him, Samuel Moss, Google it. Professor Moss, when you were making your experiments, did you ever come to a place of not knowing what to do next? See what he said. More than once, Moss replied. And whenever I could not see my way clearly, I knelt down, I prayed to God for light and understanding. Light from heaven was what gave Moss the, what we use today, the, the first invention of communication, communicating between people, two people in two different parts of the world or two cities. If I was between Washington and, and, and Baltimore, was the first one. This is the guy that did it. See what he said. That's the first thing. See the second thing he said. Then Moss added, when flashing honors came to me from America and Europe on account of the invention which bears my name, I never failed to deserve them. He's saying indirectly, to God be all the glory. So when the light comes and your light shines, whose glory should it be? To God be all the glory. So, the, so, so when you see this and you hear that God says it's a year of light, you will be, I mean, you, you will just be joyful. This is invention of communication. This is the first person on the surface of earth. Go to Google. It's, it's, it's a common, I mean, it's, it's public information. Praise the Lord. The second thing we're going to talk about is righteousness. The second thing that we need to make godly progress is righteousness. Now, we know all about righteousness. The world that we live in today is addicted to three things. Drugs, alcohol, and sex. Today, and the, and, and the pioneer of it all, money. But guess what? If we as individuals and as a people, we're going to make godly progress, we need to rise, we have to rise above that. How do you stand firm? The question is, in the midst of all everything that is going around us, how do you stand firm? We can read um, <clears throat> the Bible passages when, when, we, when we get home. We don't have to read it. The one on, the, um, on, 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 uh, on righteousness, because with uh, Proverbs 4.18, saying the, 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 the way of the, of the righteous will shine brighter and brighter. We all know that. So, but how do we, how do we stand firm in, in, in terms of righteousness? By the way, there's no struggle, there's no pro- progress without any struggle. There's no, there's no progress that comes to any man or human on the surface of head without having any struggle. And the struggle you come across is struggle to have, what Pastor was saying last, um, two weeks ago, I mean two Sundays ago, 
that is it going to be forgiveness or bitterness? Is it going to be the easy part or the hard part? So there's going to, for you to be a prog- for there to be a progress, there has to be struggle. It's a given. It's not going to come on a, on, a, on a platter of gold. So the question is, how do we stand firm? James, there are three things that the, the Bible taught us how to remain firm and remain righteous so that we can make progress. Three things, and we're going to run it through quickly. The first thing is, um, James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That's the first thing. And what is that? It's a command. He's saying that when you are being persecuted, when somebody is saying, I'm not going to promote you because you refuse to, you refuse to, 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 um, uh, to write the wrong thing on the account or you're free to defraud the company on his behalf that I'm going to make sure you are, pro- you are not promoted. The Bible is saying, a command is saying, what? Count it all what? All joy. That's what the Bible is saying. It's a command. Because it's, what is it saying? And what does that mean? It's mean? It means that the Bible says the glory of the latter shall be better than former. The Bible says that for the joy of restoration, Jesus Christ suffered death. So he's saying, the Bible is saying, when you get into a place where you either choose sin or righteousness, choose righteousness and count it what? All joy. Even in the face of the persecution. That's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, there's a reason. The Bible gives us a reason. And that's the, the, the second verse. It says, for you know, it's saying, count it all joy when you are being persecuted. Because for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Meaning that when you pass the exam and you pass the test, your progress is going to come. David, I mean, Joseph passed the test and his progress came. This is what the Bible is saying. That's the second thing. It's saying this is the reason. Number one is, this is the command. Number two, this is the reason that you have to stay righteous. There's a pastor in Florida in one of the, one of the, one of the studies, one of the books I was, I was going through. This guy is an amazing guy. What he does, his faith is on a different level. Whenever he was going through any issues, any, any trouble, just like pastor does, he won't be on his face. But you know what he does? He will send invite to all his friends that he wants to have a party and he won't put anything on the, on the invite. When they come to the party, he will tell them that, well, I'm going through troubles. My life is in mess right now. Things are not going well. But I'm celebrating because I'm counting all joy because there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So he, that's what he was doing. And year in, year out, he comes back to testify. So what he's doing is he's following this command to say there's a reason for it because tomorrow will be better. And our tomorrow will be better because light has come in the name of Jesus. And the third thing is promise. There's a promise for it, which is the verse 4. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Meaning that at the end of the day, when you suffer the persecution, the end is be- will be better than your beginning. Though you may be small today, but because light has come and you remain righteous, your end will be better than the beginning in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. The other thing that we do, we, we, so, so I put a question there, which we should rest with. I mean, the next thing after the promise is, we need to acknowledge our weakness and strength. That's, that's the number three. Two, we need to acknowledge our, our weakness and God's strength. That yes, we are feeble, 
but in God we have our strength. If you go back to that Genesis chapter 4, when Seth gave back his son, he named him Enos, the frail one, meaning that I can't do anything by myself. But guess what? The frail one is the one that Jesus Christ came through their lineage. What does that mean? Yet we are weak, but in Christ we are strong. So one of the things that we need to do to acknowledge, to have godly progress, is to do what? Is to recognize our weakness and recognize God's strength. And I just wonder, sometimes men act so invincible. I just wonder why. Because man is so I mean, feeble. Pastor said on Sunday, he said, you don't know what's going to happen to you, you don't know what's going to happen to your neighbor, but once you know that you have a place that you're going. So we need to, for us to make godly progress, we need to recognize our weakness and recognize God's strength. God will help us as we do so in the name of Jesus. The issue is not because we are, men are weak. The issue is that men sometimes think they're very strong and that, that we're very invisible. That's the problem. We think we can do anything by ourselves. And that's why sometimes we wake up in the morning and we run out of the house without even acknowledging the God that is going to help us. And the next thing I want to talk about is, I mean, listen, I know I'm not um, exhaustive. It's knowledge. It's knowledge. You have to have the knowledge of Christ to make godly progress. And you have to have the knowledge in your field. There was a testimony that came up sometimes several months ago, and I'll I'll share it. A teenager in this church, this church, schooled in Nigeria, a teenager. When you want to go to school in some other part of the world, you have to do what they call uh, student test of aptitude test. It's called SAT anyway. Aptitude test. Student something test. And it's over 1,600. A child in this church scored 1,560 or 590. But it's more than 560. Guess what? Because of his knowledge, the school that he went to, he's paying a school fees that is less than 10%. That's because he did what? The Bible says that you, know, you need to seek knowledge. It's there in Proverbs. Proverbs, Proverbs um, 15, 14. We, we, we want to make progress. Yes, godly progress. But we need to read. We need, a wise person is hungry for knowledge. Why the fools feeds on trash? In this church, a teenager. And I know of another child who scored 1,490. And so on and so forth. If I took two, two, two children, I know that two children, they scored 1,490 out of 1,600. The average cost is usually 1,200, 1,100 of the best people. But because they study and they acquire knowledge, what did they do? They made progress in a godly way without cheating. Finally, hallelujah, yeah, we can clap for God. We need to forget the past. To move forward, and there's nobody that has done this more than anybody else in the Bible than David. I'll paraphrase, I'm not going to read. Second Samuel chapter 12, you can read it when you get home. Samuel, David committed a sin. I mean, went to somebody, took, killed somebody, took somebody's wife. And, um, and God punished him. He had a son through that, that, that offense. But God said he's going to kill the son. And you know what David did? He fasted for seven days. He was lying down, praying that, that when, when the child was sick, that child would not die. I mean, um, what's it called? Second Samuel um, chapter 12. And after the seven days, David heard the people, the, his, his, his entourage outside, they were talking. 
and they were afraid to tell him that the child was dead because they felt that he would harm himself or he would be sad because he was fasting for seven days. When he heard them, he asked them, is the child dead? He said, yes. You know what David did? He got up, went to take a shower, went to the, to the worship center, worshiped the Lord, and went to eat. And his people were surprised. And they asked him, why were you doing this? What? He said, well, can I bring him back? No. Can I go with him now? No. Can I do anything about it? No. Did I pray to God? Yes. God chose not to answer yes. What else can I do? I have to move on. And that's how David did not tie down his life. So be anything that has happened. It's in the past. We need to go forward. There are three things I, I, I mean, that, that, that I write down all the time. When I, when I get into serious situations, serious situations of anything, be it family, be it work, I say that, can I go back? Is this something I can go back and fix? And the answer is, most times, no, you can't fix it. Especially if you say something or you do something to somebody, and you, you can't fix it. Now, down to remain here, the answer is what? No. So then what do you do? You press forward. Same questions that David asked himself. Can I do anything about it? No. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight, God has brought light and the light will shine in our life in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Tell it in the cause that I touch the end of the shot,